Section 3 of Selections from the Table Talk of Martin Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Selections from the Table Talk of Martin Luther by Martin Luther. Translated by Henry Bell. Captain Henry Bell's Narrative or Relation of the Miraculous Preserving of Dr. Martin Luther's Book entitled Colloquia Mensalia, or His Divine Discourses at His Table, held with diverse learned men and pious divines, such as were Philip Melanchthon, Casparus Cusiger, Justus Jonas, Paulus Eberus, Vitus Dietrichus, Johannes Bugenhagen, Johannes Forsterus, and others containing diverse discourses touching religion and other main points of doctrine, as also many notable histories and all sorts of learning, comforts, advices, prophecies, admonitions, directions, and instructions, and how the same book was by God's providence discovered lying under the ground where it had lain hid fifty-two years, and was a few years since sent over to the said Captain Henry Bell, and by him translated out of the high German into the english tongue i captain henry bell do hereby declare both to the present age and also to posterity that being employed beyond the seas in state affairs diverse years together both by king james and also by the late king charles in germany i did hear and understand in all places great bewailing and lamentation made by reason of the destroying and burning of above fourscore thousand of martin luther's books entitled his last divine discourses for after such a time as god stirred up the spirit of martin luther to detect the corruptions and abuses of popery and to preach christ and clearly to set forth the simplicity of the gospel many kings princes and states imperial cities and hands towns fell from the popish religion and became protestants as their posterities still are and remain to this very day and for the further advancement of the great work of reformation then begun the aforesaid princes and the rest did then order that the said divine discourses of luther should forthwith be printed and that every parish should have and receive one of the aforesaid printed books into every church throughout all their principalities and dominions to be chained up for the common people to read therein upon which divine work or discourses the reformation begun before in germany was wonderfully promoted and increased and spread both here in england and other countries besides but afterwards it so fell out that the pope then living to wit gregory the thirteenth understanding what great hurt and prejudice he and his popish religion had already received by reason of the said luther's divine discourses and also fearing that the same might bring further contempt and mischief upon himself and upon the popish church he therefore to prevent the same did fiercely stir up and instigate the emperor then being to wit rudolphus the second to make an edict throughout the whole empire that all the aforesaid printed books should be burned and also that it should be death for any person to have or keep a copy thereof and also to burn the same which edict was speedily put in execution accordingly insomuch that not one of all the said printed books nor so much as any one copy of the same could be found out nor heard of in any place yet it pleased god that in anno sixteen twenty six a german gentleman named casparus van spar 
with whom in the time of my staying in germany about king james business i became very familiarly known and acquainted having occasion to build upon the old foundation of a house wherein his grandfather dwelt at that time when the said edict was published in germany for the burning of the aforesaid books and digging deep into the ground under the said old foundation one of the said original books was there happily found lying in a deep obscure hole being wrapped in a strong linen cloth which was waxed all over with beeswax within and without whereby the book was preserved fair without any blemish and at the same time ferdinandus the second being emperor of germany who was a severe enemy and persecutor of the protestant religion the aforesaid gentleman and grandchild to him that had hidden the said books in that obscure hole fearing that if the said emperor should get knowledge that one of the said books was yet forthcoming and in his custody whereby not only himself might be brought into trouble but also the book in danger of being destroyed as all the rest were so long before and also calling me to mind and knowing that i had the high dutch tongue very perfect did send the said original book over hither into england unto me and therewith did write unto me a letter wherein he related the passages of the preserving and finding out the said book and also he earnestly moved me in his letter that for the advancement of god's glory and of christ's church i would take the pains to translate the said book to the end that the most excellent divine work of luther might be brought again to light whereupon i took the said book before me and many times began to translate the same but always i was hindered therein being called upon about other business insomuch that by no possible means could i remain by that work then about six weeks after i had received the said book it fell out that i being in bed with my wife one night between twelve and one of the clock she being asleep but myself yet awake there appeared unto me an ancient man standing at my bedside arrayed all in white having a long and broad white beard hanging down to his girdle who taking me by my right ear spake these words following unto me sirrah will not you take the time to translate that book which is sent unto you out of germany i will shortly provide for you both place and time to do it and then he vanished away out of my sight whereupon being much thereby affrighted i fell into an extreme sweat insomuch that my wife awakening and finding me all over wet she asked me what i ailed i told her what i had seen and heard but i never did heed nor regard visions nor dreams and so the same fell soon out of my mind then about a fortnight after i had seen that vision on a sunday i went to whitehall to hear the sermon after which ended i returned to my lodging which was then in king street at westminster and sitting down to dinner with my wife two messengers were sent from the whole council board with a warrant to carry me to the keeper of the gatehouse westminster there to be safely kept until a further order from the lords of the council which was done without showing me any cause at all wherefore i was committed upon which said warrant i was kept there ten whole years close prisoner where i spent five years thereof about the translating of the said book insomuch as i found the words very true which the old man in the aforesaid vision did say unto me i will shortly provide you both place and time to translate it then after i had finished the said translation in the prison the late archbishop of canterbury dr laud 
understanding that i had translated such a book called martin luther's divine discourses sent unto me his chaplain dr bray into the prison with this message following captain bell my lord grace of canterbury hath sent me unto you to tell you that his grace hath understood that you have translated a book of luther's touching which book his grace many years before did hear of the burning of so many thousands in germany by the then emperor his grace therefore doth desire you that you would send unto him the said original book in dutch and also your translation which after his grace hath perused shall be returned safely unto you whereupon i told dr bray that i had taken a great deal of pains in translating the said book and was very loath to part with it out of my hands and therefore i desired him to excuse me to his grace that i could not part from it with which answer he at that time returned again to his master but the next day after he sent him unto me again and bade him tell me that upon his honour the book should be as safe in his custody if not safer than in my own for he would lock it up in his own cabinet to the end that no man might come unto it but only himself thereupon i knowing it would be a thing bootless for me to refuse the sending of them by reason he was then of such great power that he would have them nolens volens i sent them both unto him then after he had kept them in his custody two months and had daily read therein he sent the said doctor unto me to tell me that i had performed a work worthy of eternal memory and that he had never read a more excellent divine work yet saying that some things therein were fitting to be left out and desired me not to think long that he did not return them unto me so soon again the reason was because the more he did read therein the more desire he had to go on therewith and so presenting me with ten leaves and gold he returned back again after which when he had them in his custody one whole year and that i understood he had perused it all over then i sent unto his grace and humbly desired that his grace would be pleased to return me my books again whereupon he sent me word by the said dr bray that he had not as yet perused them so thoroughly over as he desired to do then i stayed yet a year longer before i sent to him again in which time i heard for certain that it was concluded by the king and council that a parliament should forthwith be called at which news i did much rejoice and then i sent unto his grace an humble petition and therein desired the returning of my book again otherwise i told him i should be enforced to make it known and to complain of him to parliament which was then coming on whereupon he sent unto me again safely both the said original book and my translation and caused his chaplain the said doctor to tell me that he would make it known unto his majesty what an excellent piece of work i had translated and that he would procure an order from his majesty to have the said translation printed and to be dispersed throughout the whole kingdom as it was in germany and as he had heard thereof and thereupon he presented me again with forty leaves in gold and presently after i was set at liberty by warrant from the whole house of lords according to his majesty's direction in that behalf but shortly afterwards the archbishop fell into his troubles and was by the parliament sent unto the tower and afterwards beheaded insomuch that i could never since hear anything touching the printing of my book the house of commons having then noticed that i had translated the aforesaid book they sent for me and did appoint a committee to see it and the translation and diligently to make inquiry whether the translation did agree with the original or no whereupon they desired me to bring the same before them 
sitting then in the treasury chamber and sir edward daring being chairman said unto me that he was acquainted with a learned minister beneficed in essex who had lived long in england but was born in high germany in the palatinate named mr paul amarat whom the committee sending for desired him to take both the original and my translation into his custody and diligently to compare them together and to make report unto the said committee whether he found that i had rightly and truly translated it according to the original which report he made accordingly and they being satisfied therein referred it to two of the assembly mr charles hurl and mr edward corbett desiring them diligently to peruse the same and to make report unto them if they thought it fitting to be printed and published whereupon they made report dated the tenth of november sixteen forty six that they found it to be an excellent divine work worthy the light and publishing especially in regard that luther in the said discourses did revoke his opinion which he formerly held touching consubstantiation in the sacrament whereupon the house of commons the twenty fourth of february sixteen forty six did give order for the printing thereof thus having been lately desired to set down in writing the relation of the passages above said concerning the said book as well as for the satisfaction of judicious and godly christians as for the conservation of the perpetual memory of god's extraordinary providence in the miraculous preservation of the aforesaid divine discourses and now bringing them again to light i have done the same according to the plain truth thereof not doubting but they will prove a notable advantage of god's glory and the good and edification of the whole church and an unspeakable consolation of every particular member of the same given under my hand the third day of july sixteen fifty henry bell end of section three